0: Hey everybody, welcome to Four Score and Seven Podcasters. Today it's been a while, we're happy to be back. Uh, Our episode today is gonna be about the White House. Uh, So many of our uh, topics of study relate to presidents and administrations and we thought it might make sense to talk a little bit about some of the interesting factoids we uncovered about where they live. Um, So we're just gonna kinda go around the table cover a few different topics, and try to interest our audience with some information. What do we got out there, guys?
1: I think I'll start with a little fact or fiction. So I have some facts and uh, lies here about the White House, and you guys can try and guess whether or not this is true or false.
0: I do not have an answer key in front of me.
1: Some like of do I.
2: I like this game a lot.
0: Fact. <laughs> Wonderful.
1: <laughs> so first one, George Washington lived in the White House. Fiction. Fiction. False. I
2: Blonde? say false. That would be false.
1: That is false. That was easy. That was an easy one. Yeah, come on now. Fine. So wait, where did they live? Where did George Washington live, you guys? Why didn't he live in the White House?
0: Well, there was no there White was House. Not.
1: Did oh. you know that he actually signed the bill to create the residence, though? He just never got a chance to live in it. Well, because he moved the Capitol, right? Yes. Oh, Also true. Wonderful. All right, number two.
0: We're off to a good start.
1: We are. <laughs> um... The White House has thirty five bathrooms. It's a
0: lot to clean. Yikes. Mm, I'm gonna go with
3: fiction. I'll say fiction, it seems kind of old to have that many.
2: Good call. I'll go fiction as well.
4: I'm gonna go true. It's not like the fact. government can't
3: afford to hire a
2: planner. I feel
4: like it's fact. I think it's fact. What that is a fact. The, the White House has
1: 132 rooms and 35 bathrooms. It actually costs between 750000 and $1.6 to maintain each year to keep up the plumbing. So no, all the whole White House. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's a it's lot of plumbing <laughs> problems. Did it start with 35 bathrooms? I can't imagine. It probably started, it started. with zero. It probably started with zero bathrooms. <laughs> There's so
3: many jokes Shoot. to be made right here. I'm just yeah. trying to hold off. Yeah. Just, yeah, sit tight.
0: That's a lot of toilet paper. Sit tight. Wait till
3: most of our listeners tune out.
1: Um, the Lincoln bedroom that you could visit now was actually Lincoln's bedroom. True or false?
2: True. true. False. I'll go with true. I will also go with true.
1: False. False. It is false. He used that room. Ah. Nice. nice job. He used that room as an office. And the bed that is in it was a bed during Lincoln's time there. It was actually the bed that his son died on. Ooh.
2: Ooh. So just Ooh, think really? of that uh, when you
1: are visiting. Um, the White House has a bowling alley. True.
0: True. 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 Absolutely. Too easy, I Reich.
1: That is That is true. I
3: think that Richard Nixon gets credit, but there was a person before it. I don't know if it was Harry Truman. Johnson. I think it was Johnson. Johnson. And I thought that there was someone that put it in there before Nixon, uh, before. Johnson. (laughs) Was
5: it Johnson? I'm not sure. Now I'm not sure.
3: You're making me doubt
0: myself. It
5: could have been Truman because Truman was responsible for the largest renovation and expansion of the White House. So extensive that it changed it more than the fire that you're going to talk about, Mr. DeCosmo. So okay. it could have been Truman.
0: I also could be very wrong. That happens I, a lot. I was really confident, and now I'm not. So. I think I'm going to Google. Okay, go for it, Mr. DeCosmo. What's next, Mr.
1: All right, maybe one or two more here. Uh, residents have claimed to see paranormal activity oh, totally in true. the true. White House. Totally Super
0: true. Super percent. true. Definitely true. Which residents, though?
1: Many residents have claimed to see ghosts in the White House, specifically the ghost of, does anyone want to guess?
0: Herbert Hoover.
1: No. <laughs> Willie.
2: Thomas Jefferson.
1: Abraham, Abraham. Lincoln Oh well, that makes sense. Yeah.
2: So I don't know
3: the validity of the site. The White House. We'll definitely share this. it then. Bowling lanes were first built in the ground floor of the West Wing as a birthday gift for President Truman in 1947 Oh man,
0: I am totally embarrassed. Oh well. Oh well.
1: You just learned something new.
0: Score one for the Cosmo, minus one for Kellett. I'm in the negatives.
1: All right, last, last uh, fun fact here. The Washington Redskins can predict the next occupant of the White House.
4: True. 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 Uh,
2: I have no idea. Touchdown.
1: False. I'm going to the football expert here.
2: I don't know, I'd I, I say false.
1: I guess 95% of the time since 1936, if the Redskins win the last home game before the election, the incumbent stays in the White House.
0: We got to get a statistician on that. I don't know about wow, this. Wow! That, Isn't that weird? Well, it's that's most well. Weird. I mean, the Redskins very, very rarely win, and incumbents usually do. So this is very
3: interesting. Yeah.
1: You it's don't a, think it's it's connected? It's just it's not it's causation. Co- it's correlation. It could this be. <laughs>
3: might be just correlation, not causative. Okay. It's
1: probably
0: true. Good thing the election's not this year for the it's old incumbent. That's the case.
5: <laughs>
3: You like what I
5: did there? I do, I do. I appreciate the that. The
2: causation.
0: You. Are the Redskins <laughs> having a good year? No.
2: Mm. no so that might speak, speak poorly for the incumbent in uh, the possible election. We'll see what happens next year. But. We'll let's, not, let's not get too they're political. You know, Thanksgiving's
0: coming up. We're not talking about politics. No, That's it's true. not a good That's time. a dinner table.
1: Mm-mm. That's all I have for Fact or Fiction. I think we're going to move to chatting about the burning of the White House.
3: This sounds fire. Let's do it. All right. It's going to get hot. It's
2: <laughs> so lit, it's just like I can feel the heat coming off it
3: This podcast is... Straight flames right. <laughs> right. uh, So I, I don't know a crazy amount about it And I just uh, educated myself very recently But the War of 1812, as you might be able to deduce Was started during the, war of Eight, uh, the year of 1812 I thought the White House burning came earlier than it did But it was in the summer of 1814 So you're pretty far into the war at this point Uh, There was a battle outside of Bladensburg, which is in Maryland, and it's eight miles away from the White House. And then as a symbol, um, generally speaking in warfare, if you can capture a country's capital and deal it damage, that's like a very strong strategic move. So the British had won the Battle of Bladensburg definitively and moved into the, the capital and started raising it. Uh, for the longest time when I would see the word raise, I thought that it meant something good. Raise means burn the place to the ground. So, there, so not, not as good as you thought. It's no. not even close to as good as I thought it was, quite frankly. So the British um, set fire to the city, and the White House in particular is affected. Um, the Americans leave. Uh, James Madison uh, uh, flees the city. The, the uh, Americans leave. White House has dealt huge amounts of damage, uh, and it's only saved by, like, a miracle of nature. And from what I read, there was a very strong thunderstorm the day after, and it put out fires all over the city. Okay? Luckily, we won the war uh, of—the United States won the war of 1812, but there was catastrophic damage done. And it's uh, in—the 1815 reports give it uh, figures in the hundreds of thousands— So uh, for the entire capital, I have the number of uh, $787,163, which would be a lot modern day, you know, not considering the White House, but at the time frame, it would be astronomical. I know during the Revolutionary War, the average uh, salary for a man was $60. So I'm picturing, I don't know, 30 years later, Hundred dollars would still be a considerable amount of money in like the tens of thousands modern day. So if you're talking about three quarters of a million in um, damage, that's an astronomical amount of money.
0: Yeah, well, that's crazy. I mean, that's pretty interesting stuff.
3: I, I'm glad they rebuilt it, and I wonder if they
0: added any bathrooms in that rebuild. Had to, have. had to. Have. I mean, it had to be thirty-five. Some big is a lot. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Like, what a power move by the British to try to burn it down, though, and just our ability to, like, rebuild it and now recreate it to the to the to what it looks like today. Yes,
3: yeah, so uh, it's interesting. The British occupied um, the same area in the Revolutionary War, so that wasn't a good look for us. And then they did it again in the War of 1812, but no foreign power has ever been back since. Yeah, we need a good 1812 movie, you know? Where's, yeah, it's hard to, to on find it. information on, on certain aspects of... Uh, U.S. history in 1812 has always been one of them for me. Didn't Dolly Madison, like,
0: take and save the, the portrait of Washington? And, like, that was, like, the big thing she wanted to say from the White House is, like, we need the Washington portrait. Get it.
3: I heard this story, and I also heard that Dolly Madison had um, cupcakes in the oven and that she was the, <laughs> the inventor of cupcakes. And I don't know if either one of those stories is true. All right. Well, sp- <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll put our listeners on it. All right. Excellent. Thanks, Mr.
0: DeCosmo. Hey, what else we got?
5: So I've got some information on decorating. Now that the White House has been rebuilt, how are we going to decorate it? And um, actually, Congress, Congress is tasked with appropriating funds for um, the care, repair, refurnishing, and maintenance of the White House. And they essentially will appropriate funds for each administration to come in and put their personal stamp on not only the living quarters, the private residence, but also the Oval Office. Um, so it started with uh, John and Abigail Adams. They got $14,000 in 1800. Um, and it remained steady. And it rose <laughs> over the years to about $100,000 for Bill Clinton's second term he got um, from Congress. But as of late, presidents have declined the use of appropriate money and decided to use their own uh, private funds. Really? Yes. Uh, President well, Obama. Well, that's only
0: fair. We all have to decorate around houses.
5: Right. And um, – Presidents and first ladies used to look outside the United States for a lot of their furnishings, carpets, china, draperies, wallpaper. Mrs. Lincoln overspent greatly and then refused to make up the difference (laughs) of all the money that she spent. Um, And then in 1961, the White House was designated as a museum and therefore all the furnishings were legally protected um, as a result of, of that designation. Interestingly, the color of the White House is only a matter of tradition and not law. So, so anybody could go in and decide as to use their appropriated funds to paint the White House. The outside, make it be, the make outside. It be orange house. So it could right. be the orange house, the blue house, the pink house. be
1: pink.
2: Yeah.
5: It was Teddy Roosevelt who made the name the White House official in 1901. Um, by using it in official correspondence. Hmm. Yeah, interesting, huh? Huh. Yeah,
0: it was probably called the executive mansion before that or
5: something like that. Probably, probably, and he used the term White House. Um, A lot of additions were made over the years, mostly to the outside with greenhouses and stables. Stables played a big role in the decorating of the outside of the White House, but... Most interesting, I found that Chester A. Arthur, who's a president that doesn't get a lot of, sure of doesn't. time nope. or, or interest. Good old Chester. Right. He was president from 1881 to 1885, and he found zero charm in the White House and refused to move in until it was redecorated. Wow, oh, man. And he well, looked excuse to, me. Right. And he looked to Louis C. Tiffany of the <gasps> Tiffany and Company family to that come it's not in. That Tiffany blue. I know. That's what I thought. To come in, in and redecorate the White House, putting up stained glass. He was famous for stain, well, stained. I don't want to be too
3: forward, but I'm sorry. If you have 35 bathrooms and there's a problem with each of them, it's probably a problem with you.
5: <laughs> Perhaps, but he didn't live there yet, so he refused to even go in. Um, <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> bathrooms in are going to come back in every segment. Every segment. Every segment. segment. So glad I think I about the bathrooms. Um Tiffany worked in the East Blue Red Rooms, the state dining room, and he created these large stained glass screens throughout the White House. And then after Arthur left, the next presidents um, took them down.
1: So none of the <laughs> so Tiffany stuff is none still of there. the
5: Tiffany stuff is oh, there anymore. So. Uh, that tells you, know.
2: you something about your style when they have to take it down right after you it leave. It tells
5: us a lot about Chester A. Arthur, I think, and, and more than what I was knew. Really important to him, aesthetics more or, so. Or
0: even the fact that he wouldn't go into the White House until it was fixed. Refused I mean, to move in. You find that in your U.S. history
3: textbook. Yeah. That's right? why we do the podcast. We bring stories to life. You move into right. the White House to take a look, and you're like, "Hey, where's all the stained glass?" You're like we don't have any. We're like, well, I'm not coming back until we have more stained glass.
5: Oh, I'm not going to be your
0: president of the United States until you fix my yeah. house. I'm right not, right not going to start right now. Yep. <laughs>
5: Take it easy, baby. Take it easy. Oh, Chet! Right now, Chet Arthur. Oh man, that's good stuff.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. I like that abbreviation of Chet. Chet Arthur.
5: Right. I feel like he rocks. Does anybody call him Chet? Yeah, I think Tiffany did. I know, I know.
0: I I meant at the time. All right, never mind. Not to his face, but yes. What else? That's very fascinating. I think we're we're three for three so far in our segments. No well, I've got a, oh, you got one, Miss Honey. Well, I'm
4: going to continue a little bit on the decorating part because um, Mrs. Braun brings up the interesting fact of how the Tiffany screens were taken down. Um, up until it was designated as a museum, the inhabitants of the White House had a tendency to take whatever they wanted with them when they left. <gasps> So when Jacqueline Kennedy arrived, she was very kind of shocked, here is our our house of the nation, and its furnishings were quite blase, you know. So she actually created, she was, you know, $50,000 to renovate, which she burned through relatively quickly, because her thing was, being the people's house, it should have furnishings that reflected the historical balance of our nation. So she did a lot of letter writing to uh, try and get these pieces back. Um, And she, of course, going through the money quickly, established a guidebook to the um, White House that was sold to raise more funds, um, as as well as some commissions to also um, support the work, and appointed an official curator of the White House. Um, but in 1962, she gave a public tour of the White House, the first one that was ever done on CBS, and she's the only First Lady to receive an Emmy Award. I wow. Do it. That's
0: funny. First of all, you did that all without notes, and nobody else is going to know that except for us at this table. So I wanted everybody to know she rocked that. That's oh, she has notes.
1: <laughs> she wasn't looking at she them. Just, she
0: <laughs> wasn't looking at them. There's a lot of they interesting were under facts. The table. I did not know uh, that all of that stuff.
5: If you go to the JFK Museum in Boston, you can see um, the outfit she wore on that Emmy winning tour, as well as hear the tour. They play it on sort of a loop. I bet you can find
0: mm-hmm. it on YouTube.
2: I'm sure. Now Um, you could.
4: I think actually now that CBS owns it, they took it down. What?
3: I think that uh, Kennedy's, you know, that's for John Kennedy and his wife. They both use television very effectively. Mm -hmm. So Kennedy was famous for wearing makeup during a debate with Richard Nixon, and he came off looking great. And then Jacqueline Kennedy uses it to transform the American view of the White House.
4: And – When you're talking about that, one of her favorite rooms was the Red Room, which she um, helped significantly renovate. And it was also the room in which she said goodbye to the White House.
2: I'm still shocked that people took all their stuff with them over, know. over those well, years. And that's what I do when
0: I move. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. well, we, right, but course. like you own your house. They yeah. don't own White
0: House. That's yeah. yeah. a true statement.
2: And what do you do with all this stuff from the White House in your your regular But That's why we have to. storage
0: facilities. In You store it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Those so, it's Tiffany
4: it's like glass a panels yeah. <laughs> <I wanna see laughs> a
5: wonderful front door. I think Chet took them with him.
3: I like the fact that the rooms are easily named. Like, I've grown up, we had a red room, so that makes me feel pretty egalitarian. You had a red room? We had a red room and a blue room. Carpet colors.
2: <laughs> <laughs> very creative naming.
0: Oh, man. Uh, you got something, Miss yeah, Moulton? I
2: think jumping on that, um, I have a topic of holidays in the White House, and you know, very two- timely. Yeah, exactly, right? So, and the Blue Room, the Blue Room is very significant. To are that. we referring
0: to Mr. DeCosmo's Blue
3: Room oh, or true. the White
0: House? <laughs> yes,
2: well, oh. the Blue Rugged Room <laughs> from Mr.
1: DeCosmo's youth.
2: Played exactly. a lot of
3: Nintendo in there.
2: Ooh. Is that um, where your Christmas tree goes? Because uh, yeah. that's where the Christmas tree is in the White House. Oh, it's coming most up. Most often. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's a lot that we could talk about, but the two biggest holidays in the White House are the Christmas holiday and the Easter holiday, surprisingly. Oh, yeah. yeah, Easter um so the first official Christmas party held in the White House is in uh 1800 December of 1800 with the Adams family. Um, <laughs> not that Adams <laughs> family. I don't, I don't think it's that one. And not a single
0: listener got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway. no, no, they got it. <laughs> they
2: got it. Um one of the biggest parties held in the White House, shockingly or not shockingly, is under Andrew Jackson in 1835. Not surprising at all. Um they had a frolic for the children of the household. Um, and it was one of the most elaborate parties ever held in the White House. Um, it included games, dancing, and a grand dinner, and ended with an indoor snowball fight. That mm-hmm. guy trashed the White House. apparently. Using snow, Miss Moulton? Actually, no. But, I mean, probably. They probably what did they snow. use? Um, That's a big snow-no. They snow used no. <laughs> use uh, specially made cotton balls. To, yes. to have a snowball fight. Yeah. I'm not really sure what that It sounds like. like everybody
0: then was when they were down, mind. They flushed them down the 35 bathroom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. I had to, get,
0: had to get in this segment too. I think the
2: plumbing comes in a little later. I
0: know. Um, I'm going to delete that joke. <laughs>
1: Leave it in. (laughs) Um, Kind
2: of just moving on, you know, the the White House continues to have parties. And, you know, speaking of Jacqueline Kennedy, um, she's the one that adds themes to the holiday, the Christmas holiday. And so First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy began the tradition of selecting a theme for the official White House Christmas tree in the Blue Room. Isn't Christmas already a theme? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, they had specific themes, that they would decorate the tree, and I believe the whole White House, the blue room in, anyway. Um, so her first year, 1961, the tree was decorated with ornamental toys, birds, angels, and characters from the Nutcracker Suite. Oh, so, oh that sounds yeah, nice.
4: You know, now know. that we're coming up to Thanksgiving, though, does anybody know the names of the turkeys that are being pardoned? I, I think one's good. Butter. Yeah, one's Ball. I don't
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> if you are
0: interested in Thanksgiving, by the way, I would refer you back to our Thanksgiving episode, and we actually talked about that. So, um, you know, this is the time of year where we do podcasts, I think, you know. Um, I've got a topic. You guys, you guys want to hear about it? Uh, yes, yeah, please. Absolutely. All right. So, no, um, all right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Can I just jump in really quick? Yeah. Just the first Easter egg roll on the White House was in 1878. I just thought, really? you know, people might want to know that. Just in case
0: you're curious, that wasn't uh, Chet's administration. That was uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, right?
2: Mm -hmm. All about those Easter eggs.
0: Was it Rutherford B. Hayes? It was. was.
1: The turkeys named this year are bread and butter. DeCosmo, DeCosmo, you're right. I like that.
3: Slam dunk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Score two
2: for DeCosmo. All right.
0: Well, we are sitting in a room recording, and the White House has an interesting history with recordings. So. in uh, franklin roosevelt's administration he was the first president to install a listening device in the white house and he did this because he was frustrated that he was misquoted in a press conference or at least he felt he was misquoted they had not any they didn't have any video or audio recordings of press conferences it was just the president speaking to reporters so what roosevelt did was he started actually recording in secret he didn't tell anybody about it recording some of his press conferences Um, so that he could have a record to go back to if he ever felt he was misquoted. Harry Truman, Franklin, uh, excuse me, Harry Truman, Dwight Eisenhower, they did a little bit of this. John F. Kennedy significantly expanded the recording program, and he installed recording devices in many different rooms in the White House, including the Oval Office.
1: Were they secret devices, or did everyone know? Uh,
0: Many of them, I I believe Kennedy's were secret. I know that uh, Roosevelt's, for example, was hidden in a lamp. Wow. And... um, Some of them, uh, so Kennedy expanded it, so you can actually listen to all of the White House recordings which have been declassified online. Um, And I actually use some of the Kennedy recordings and the Johnson recordings in my classroom. So Lyndon Johnson took office and he said that I want to expand upon the program even more. And um, a lot of uh, Johnson's motivation for this was to have a record for his memoirs. When Johnson left office, he gave Richard Nixon a piece of advice. He said, You should have as much recording in the white house as you possibly can for your memoirs richard nixon took it to the next level (laughs) richard nixon made his recording devices automatically start recording upon people uh, entering the room and richard nixon in some instances actually wore a device i believe if i read this correctly which when he started speaking it turned on recording devices in the white house it wasn't until The Watergate hearings—that people actually learned that there were recording devices in the White House. When a White House aide in the impeachment inquiry in the House of Representatives actually let slip that they did record conversations in the White House, and people in Congress were like, "What? We need—we should hear those tapes." What tapes? Yikes! (laughs) Eventually, the Nixon administration was forced uh, by court order to turn over White House tapes, 18 minutes of which were missing. She said were deleted by a secretary.
5: Interesting. All
0: right. Um, and after uh, Nixon left office, uh, presidents have uh, ripped recording devices out of the White House. There's no requirement that there are uh, 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 recorded conversations, but it's interesting how recordings have played for at least a window of time a role in uh, American political history, pretty significant one, which I think directly led to the resignation, the only resignation of a president of the United States. So... There you have it. That's my that's my little snippet. Very interesting. Mr. Yeah. At one point, uh, Donald Trump uh, – not, I'm not getting political, but at one point he kind of alluded to the fact that um, you know, maybe we're recording conversations in the White House. And then everyone was like, well, maybe he is because there's precedent for this
3: because it's happened before. But there's no evidence that he actually is recording conversations. At this point, I just assume that I'm getting recorded every second, like Alexa's listening, turn on the microwave by talking to us. <laughs> Stereo speaker. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think I'm getting recorded. <laughs> it's a safe bet. <laughs> My money's on that. Yeah. And uh, speaking of
0: recordings, uh, is there anything else we want to add to this one?
3: It was good to be back.
0: It was it's been good. a long time. It was, time. Really this was good. fun. This was really,
5: really good. We need more of this.
0: Yeah. So uh, we encourage our students and all of our listeners. We know our listeners are not just our students. If anyone's still out there listening, uh, now that we're 23 minutes into this recording, um, please feel free to get in touch with us uh, and ask us for specific topics because we want to
3: give the people uh, what they need. We'll talk about any to topic. We're interested in doing uh, Most topics. material that people want to hear about. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well,
0: I think that's it for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Hopefully, it's not like, you know, seven months from now. Hopefully, we get another one out. All mm-hmm. right. Everybody say bye.
5: Thank bye. you. Bye. bye. Thanks. See you.